My name is Optimus Prime. We are autonomous robotic organisms, but you can call us Autobots. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Once you rest well in a month from now, the Hollywood Big Shot's gonna give you what you want. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Inside Your Screen Bite Size. This is Snowpiercer, Episode 8. These are his revolutions. And I'm joined with Brendan One Train Horgan. How are you doing, Brendan? I'm good, thank you, Tony. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Well, I think we've probably witnessed the most violent Snowpiercer episode so far. Um, a lot of stuff going on. Revolution is in the air. It's thick with blood and sweat. Um, what did you think, Brendan? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's almost like the last three weeks have I started off my summary with saying it's action-packed. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, think yeah. I have. I think I have for the literally the last three episodes, but this was the action episode. The revolution has begun. We saw uh, major brutality, many deaths, um, some pretty um, savage fight scenes and kind of action in there. Um, so yeah, in regards to, as opposed to just a lot going on in regards to it being action packed, we actually got the physical action this week. The, um, the revolution has begun and uh, the title is awesome. These are his revolutions. I thought, mm -hmm. you know, plays yeah. into the, plays into the revolutions of the train and plays into the revolution. I did wag my finger at the screen when I got that, and I went, oh, you sneaky. You played a bit of wordplay here. Yeah, gra grab your red armbands and uh, get into the fold. Um, let's just go through the episode, uh, the kind of highlights, uh, what worked for you, what didn't. Um, so we start off straight from uh, the last episode. Miles brings LJ to the engineering uh, board. Now, at first, I thought this was a bit of a stupid idea. Um, I kind of thought, well, she's a bit of a sociopath. You know what? What's she actually going to do? There's obviously some stuff going on in the background uh, because really, there's two revolutions going on if you think about it, or three if you count the actual train going around the world. Um, the first one is obviously the the tail end uh, trying to get to the, uh, the the first class, the the engineering uh, compartment, uh, and the kind of revolution of the kind of class systems. But then also in the first class, there's the kind of revolution against Melanie um, and the kind yeah. of first class basically taking over. Um, her there so I did like that I like the fact that there was like it was coming from all angles um, and then um, obviously yeah uh, LJ's kind of role is to kind of start that spark with the the Folger family and obviously the rest of the first class what did you make of that yeah it's 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 I I hadn't even considered the kind of first class as a revolution so that's a really good take on it there you're, you're spot on with that um yeah, it starts. It it, it it was a lot faster paced than I thought it would. It just it just picks up straight away, and it's like right, Melanie's on trial. There's no you know, there's no kind of slow build of this episode. It's straight into it. The the Folgers go to Ruth, and they say, "Listen, there is no." This is obviously after LJ has kind of seen the front of the train or gone up to the engine, and there's no messing about it. It's, Mr. Wilford isn't on the train. What's happening with Mr. Wilford? You, you've got um, Commander Gray, and uh, they instantly kind of go to Ruth. 
and um, Ruth is kind of, you know, initially Ruth, Ruth won't believe it. And, uh, you know, yeah, they confront Melanie. Um, we kind of have, you know, just an instant, I wouldn't even call it a trial, but it kind of, it had shades of the LJ trial, that moment where, you know, Commander Gray's just like, right, kind of holding court in front of all the first classes with Melanie and, you know, just like send her to the cells. Um, yeah. And then, and what, what I did really like, again, Ruth, they kind of showed the scene where Ruth and Commander Gray go up to the engine and that's where kind of well as far as they can see there is no Wilford um they kind of go into Melanie's quarters and you see this kind of that's the moment where you see Ruth the, the kind of heartbreak of there being yeah. no Wilford um and I thought um the actress is Alison Wright is that uh, Alison Wright yeah yeah she's fantastic she, well she's fantastic anyway but you really felt for her in that scene where, in yeah. essence, you know, she's looking around Melanie's quarters and she's kind of following the map. And, but, and, and oh, oh, that was, that was a moment. Oh, it was really well done. You really felt for kind of Ruth in that moment. Oh yeah. I mean, the whole kind of build up to that kind of part as well. Like uh, you mentioned where, where Melanie kind of comes down and she, you can tell that she realizes something's not, not right as soon as she's walking down the stairs and what i loved about that scene in particular was the kind of they go in really close to her eyes to kind of show that yeah you know, she's losing she's losing this but it's the kind of it's the kind of self uh, the kind of control that she has within herself that even while all this is going on and she knows that she's she's fucked basically yeah there's a lot it. of and but that she keeps was... that composure, which I which I love about that character as well. The only time she kind of loses it is when LJ shows the picture of her daughter. But you know, you, you would really if that's uh, what is to be believed that you know the baby hasn't made it and whatnot. So yeah, yeah, that was I picked up on that as well. The you know the close up of her eyes and there's quite a lot. I liked the way they did it, and this is even in within the kind of one scene. But there's quite a lot of how do you call them like dramatic beats. Yeah. Where you kind of, it's almost like every 30 seconds, Melanie, just, it's almost like, boom, this is getting worse. Boom, <laughs> this is getting even worse. Oh, shit, the hit, it, you know, the shit has hit the fan. And then it's kind of like that, like you said, that kind of close up of the eyes of like, you know, what, how, you know, what is Melanie going to do, basically? And that, well, again, so, yeah. really well done. Well, I mean, out of all the kind of the bloodshed and the kind of close quarters battles that are happening throughout this episode, um, I think Jennifer Connolly got off quite lightly. She just basically sat for most of the episode in a kind of holding cell. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, this is uh, the, the kind of um, whilst that's happening, the tail end are starting to come through. Uh, they're, they're mixing in with the third class now. So they're getting help from the third class uh, with like the electrical components. So Till's bringing uh, Leighton back down to the tail end. Um, he gives this inspirational speech, you know, the kind of one train, one train, which yeah. I actually thought was quite a motivational pep talk that, you know, like sometimes those type of uh, speeches, if you will, they can kind of lose you. Um, they can be TV. cheesy. They, they can, can be, be quite, quite cheesy. Yeah. But I kind of found myself actually like, yeah, getting pumped up with Leighton and the kind of tailies on this one. No, yeah. This, I can't, obviously, I can't recall word for word what he said. But the script, all you need to know is one train, Brendan. One yeah, train. Yeah, but so whoever whoever wrote that monologue for him and that part of the of the script, 
is it was brilliant because there is no cheese there at all you really are I'm, I'm, I'm much like yourself i was kind of i was very much taken along with that scene and it was kind of like yes red bring on the revolution <laughs> so obviously then um one of the uh uh, uh one of the what do you call them uh, i forgot the name uh breach breachman breakman breakman sorry yeah one of the breakman sort of escapes and kind of runs up from the uh, from the kind of third class to uh, the first class, where they're having their kind of like little coup, and um, yeah, so the kind of the commander, Commander Gray, sends his boys back down. So you can see there's this um, kind of you know there's this uh, what what's that kind of phrase when you sit when an un, when an uh, an unmovable object meets an, an unposable force? They're coming together from you know the third and the kind of tailies, and they're coming from the first. And uh, yeah, there's some kind of medieval kind of uh, devices being used down in the in the kind of <laughs> these. What's, what would you call that? Like some kind of. Uh, it was all, yeah, like a, a spear. Spear gun, yeah. Gun, gun, yeah. Suppose. Well, spear it's like gun. a kind of uh, like a catapult gun, spear gun, yeah. Like was, uh, I'm pretty sure there's some medieval div, uh, term for it, but um, was not expecting that in no. the slightest. <laughs> Did I was not just see that coming. Fight, yeah. I I was just expecting knives and axes and you know whatever kind of sword type slash type weapons you can think of when they pulled that out i was like wow this is pretty cool and it's not it's not even just like one wave it's like at least three or four waves of like um kind of guys that get speared and skewered it, like shish kebabs I, I think the first one literally took out took out like three men per spear type thing yeah yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah i mean it was it, the ultra violence was definitely on show uh on this episode um so yeah you've got some fighting going Going on in the in the downstairs compartment, I guess, if you will. What would you call that? The kind of the engineering, I suppose, like the basement, the Maybe basement the ba area, basement yeah, that's where they do all the kind of where people yeah. use the carts and go backwards and forwards. Um, <clears throat> then you have the kind of you know the the close quarters uh, scrum happening in the and the kind of third uh, the third class area, um, and that in itself as well was you know it's it's quite brutal. Um, in some of the showing there, you've got Gray, who's just going utter barbarian style. You know, he's hacking off limbs left, right, and center. You know, he's uh, slitting people's throats. Uh, Leighton is sort of also doing the same, and even uh, Till is getting in on the action. So it's like this kind of almost this like tour de force of like the three of them in sl super slow motion, you know, arcing as they kind of swing their clubs and their knives and their axes. Um, that that specific scene was a again i know we started off our original podcast saying we won't watch the movie and we'll leave it but we ended up doing it but that scene <laughs> is a massive nod and oh a yeah massive tip of the hat to the movie because there is a scene in the movie that's very similar to that the brutality is extremely similar it's you know I know we, we 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 are in a new era of TV, and uh, we there like violence is, I suppose, a lot are portrayed in a lot more graphic way on television shows than it used to be. It used to be kind of you'd see you'd find an awful lot of kind of really graphic kind of brutality and violence was kind of almost reserved for movies back in the day whereas now we kind of i think game of thrones and you know anybody who's seen gangs of london has kind of seen it there has been this transfer over to tv shows and violence and this is you know this is pretty much this is as brutal as they come this is 
I mean, yeah. there's, there's arms being chopped off and, and you know, very graphically so. They, they're not hiding it, you know. They're not kind of alluding to violence going on off the yeah. screen. They're no, showing there's... you the limbs being chopped off. Yeah, I, mean, I will I will say one thing. Like, although the, the violence is quite, um, you know, uh, sort of very visual in this episode, the blood itself, I wasn't wasn't a big fan of the blood, the fake blood being used. It kind of looked a bit too, um, I don't know what the word is for it, kind of not watery, um, but there's there's a kind of effect that you use with certain blood, like using particulars and uh, motion and stuff like that. But it, it just looked a little bit too unrealistic for me. Like when people were being actually like, say, stabbed or speared or skewered, when they're on the floor and like you have pools of blood, you know, on the floor, that's fine. It was the actual like um, the kind of... Uh, the, the blood that kind of spurts from people that kind of brought me out a little bit of the action. Um, did you have the same kind of feeling or did you not see that at all? Or No, I, 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 I it didn't bring me out of the scene and it, I didn't, it didn't stand out to me as anything that looked kind of out of place or looked wrong. I did find a lot of the, the lighting in a lot of those scenes was quite, Oh, there was a bit of strobe lighting going strobe, on. Strobe, and there was a kind of almost, uh, and especially the scene where it really kicks off in the night car. Um, yeah. And they've got the heavy, heavy metal music playing, which is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, like that, that scene, yeah. Um, so there was something that the you, blood, you mentioned. Personally, the blood so. didn't stand out. Yeah, personally, the blood didn't stand out, but there was something to the lighting of, of that scene that kind of... Just seemed, made it more effective. Yeah. Um, there was something you mentioned in the last episode, I think, which was regarding the actual train itself and how we only seem to see, you know, six particular cars. And it was very, for me anyway, it was very evident. I don't know if it's because of what you said in the last episode, um, but yeah, all the cars that they go through, like they literally go through, you know, like the the, the kind of classroom, uh, the tail end bit, and they kind of end up in the the nightclub, uh, the night car sort of thing. I was kind of thinking like they could have used, I mean, they, they're showing people coming from like, you know, the, the back end of the train, they're showing people come from the front end of the train. I know obviously budget restrictions and whatnot, but I, I would have loved to have seen maybe a few new cars in this episode, just to see, even if it's just like, just to see them walk past um, and not even have any fights in. Uh, and if they did have a fight in a particular car, that I suppose that would bring the audience out of the kind of area because they'd be like, where is this place? But it would have been nice just to see like a few new walls, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, especially knowing that there's going to be a season two. <clears throat> I really hope that we're going to get, um, we will get at least another carriage in the next episode. Because yeah. the next, I'm not sure if you're aware, but the next episode is the final episode. It's a two hour special. Oh, so they're not doing a nine and ten. They're just like doing a, is, a kind yeah. Of, so next, okay. so next. we're gonna have to do like a a monumental breakdown of the penultimate episode and then the final episode, like all in one scene. What do you think? I'm not. Sh I'm not sure. I think I will have to see how it plays out. But I think it's one episode. But it's just an oh, extended. Okay. So an rather extended than one. there being them releasing two episodes in one, I might be wrong. But I definitely know that in a, it's a two hours. They're, they're advertising it as a two hour season finale next week. Okay. Um, and then one last little thing that as well, like there was a little kind of, I, I couldn't help but say it when I saw it, um, when they uh, the, the uh, Jack Boots arrive in the third car and they see the box. I just kept on going, what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> and then they open the box. And of course, it's um, one of the, one of the, uh, uh, guards heads um, yeah, I just thought that was a nice little touch there yeah didn't see that coming either 
No, I thought it was going to be a grenade, to be honest, because that would have been like a homemade sort of, you know, IED or something to kind of take out a lot of the jackboots would have been probably more effective. But I don't suppose you could probably make your own homemade grenade or something um, in, in, in Snowpiercer. I don't know. If they can make a bloody torpedo gun or whatever the hell it was, then I'm sure they could make some kind of grenade. But, you know, that's that's by and by. Um, so, yeah, I want to get on to the main topic, really, I think, of this episode is that it just doesn't before we do. That, sorry, yeah. sorry. Just, oh, before, just just a quick. I was, I was getting back. to that climax. Before we get there, I loved the scene where is it Roach, Brakeman Roach, where basically they let oh, yeah. late and then the tail pass through. Well, that, yeah, I mean, there was, uh, I think if if the episode was, you know, about really like hyperviolence and whatnot, that was the kind of, you know, uh, you know, the last I kind of think, what goes, what do you do for duty as opposed to going for your fellow man? And I think that kind of epitomized it quite, quite well in that respect, because obviously you have Leighton until they're coming up and they're just saying like, look, just step aside, you, you know, you don't need to lose any uh, brakemen here. And then all the kind of, you know, the third uh, cars are kind of like the civilians are looking over the kind of banisters and all that as well. Um, and you can see the conflict going on within within him. Yeah. Um, you can see the conflict definitely there is like, you know, he, he obviously wants, he knows them, uh, but then he's also the kind of highest ranking. Well, I, I suppose he's the highest ranking brakeman. Yeah, you, you'd assume so. You'd assume it, so, it seems yeah. that he's like in charge of the brakeman. Yeah, the command. Yeah, so whatever. There, there is that kind of uh, confliction going on. Um, but yeah, like in the end, he kind of turns around and just says, um, "Okay, yep, step aside." And it's Till really that kind of for me uh, broke the, the 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 straw on the camel's back because she basically says, "Like, look, when all this is over." this train's going to need some order. And, you know, the more brakemen around, the better. And he kind of sees sense in that. And it kind of makes sense that that would be the case because there there are no winners uh, in this. There are like, uh, there are amount of losses on the on the Tailey side. There's amount of losses on the on the jackboot side, you know. Um, so, yeah, no, that, that definitely was a, a very like, kind of good scene. And it was a great moment as well where, um, uh, you know, the brakemen kind of, they hold their line initially and you see, uh, you know, you can <laughs> hear the you can hear the tail coming up, and Oz is kind of like, we've got to go, we've got to back up. He's like, what are we going to do? There's four hundred of them back there, and Roach just says something along the lines of, yeah, and I bet that they really like you after the way you've treated them the last few <laughs> yeah. years. It's that moment. That's of why he pieces like, out, man. He just pieces oh, out. He's like, done. Shit, I'm gone, mate. He's like, fuck this. I'm out. I would, I would say that if, um, oh, yeah. because we we effectively get to a, I suppose a sort of stalemate really uh there's losses on both sides um but effectively the the jackboots retreat gray retreats up to the you know the first class uh, and Leighton uh, and the others are kind of sort of left licking their wounds i wonder if oz is going to be like a made an honor uh, an honorary jackboot i think that's probably where he's going no no Do you not think? i think no no oz is going to look completely out for his own ass Oz is probably in his room and will stay in his room. Cowering oh, away. A hundred percent. Then even just because of the way that character has been and, you know, they've shown him to be a real asshole, but, the, you know, we kind of saw the human side of him the one when he thought he was going to die with Teal. And, you know, even though he is an asshole, there is a kind of humorous 
side to his character. He is, uh, I suppose he's the, uh, I mean, he's quite, there's there's two edges to him. There is a light comic relief about him. Is. Yeah. He's also a bit of a dick, not in that kind of like horror movie sense of like, you know, the jock or whatever, who's like throughout the whole thing. If he does have like a redeemable arc, like if he goes out in a blaze of glory or something, helping Till and Leighton, then maybe, but I, I don't know. I've got the feeling that, um, if you know, even when the second series does come, that I think he will, that his position will be ranked higher. I think, I think he'll play a bit more of a pivotal role if he doesn't die in the next two episodes. Then I but, really hope, like, considering that we know there's a season two, I really hope they don't kill off Oz. I think, I think before I the can't next believe two I'm episodes saying that, are over, by the way. I know, I know, but like, I reckon, I reckon there is going to be a few more, de- maybe two, more, two or three more deaths before we see the kind of final credits roll. Um, maybe, yeah, even Melanie, perhaps we don't know. Like, so this was, this is where I was going to. Um, so it, it does appear that Wilford is dead. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're still, yeah, we're still unsure. Well, Melanie, does... for the first time ever, Melanie has said he is dead. She, she's been quite specific as well, because she said she left him outside of the train before uh, it disembarked. Of course now, she did. She could be lying, of course. Um, and I'm still, I am still waiting for that moment where one of the drawers opens and Sean, Sean Bourne is there and he's just like, you bastards. Um, <laughs> but it kind, of, it kind of flips it on its uh, kind of side, really. Like she kind of like makes out that he's like this womanizing, this gambler. Like he only did Snowpiercer that so he could be like have his own like whore cars and everything like that. Um, and there is a kind of sense that there's a kind of truth to that because her conviction, uh, the way she's talking to Ruth in the holding cell, is is quite. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, she's a really and she has she is a really good liar because she's been deceiving everyone for years. So maybe she's just become so good at it that it just comes naturally to her now. But I believed her. Hmm. I, I, I don't think I did. Yeah. I, I don't think I did. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it, right? But I was, that was the element of the story in this episode. I, I'll be honest, it's the first time in the whole series where my heart sunk a little bit. Okay. And I was like, and I was like oh, what? And but then my my head kind of kicked in a little bit more after watching the episode, and I'll give my reasoning behind it. But my heart sunk a little bit because I was like, "What? Like he's dead and he's not on the train? Like I'm disappointed with that. I'm disappointed with that from a story arc, and you know that's it. My, that's an issue with me. I, I'm totally, I am totally by the book in regards to different people have different opinions, but. I'll be no, blunt. I, I, I'll be pretty clear yeah. here. If there is no Wilford on the train, full mm. stop. I am still totally on the assumption that he's in one of those drawers, right? Yeah. That he's not dead. That she's he snuck telling, on board somehow. She's telling them he's dead because if she told them the truth, she'd re- she'd reveal this other big dark secret that we don't yet know about. Because mm. my my question still, and has always been, what is the purpose of the draws? I've met, I've had a few kind of predictions, and I have, I have some ideas, but deep down, that's the story arc that we don't know really the answer to. In my head, that's the only story arc we don't know the answer to. What is the purpose of the draws? What are well, they? 
or how do they work? If we if we believe Melanie, then they are an experimentation for kind of um, suspension. But remember, but remember, I already. Oh, oh, sorry. Continue, continue. She... No, no. It's just that they, I can't remember which episode it was, but there was that kind of part where she was explaining that they're they're basically trialing and experimenting with uh, like stasis uh, or cryogenic animation in that kind of respects because they know at some point in the future. Um, that these people, like, you know, the, the world, they can, how many do, however many kind of revolutions across the world. And hopefully the hope is that the kind of ice starts thawing and starts kind of decreasing in temperature so that these people in the drawers will be like the, the kind of next um, evolutionary people, I guess. Like, imagine a, a spaceship going from, you know, uh, one of the ends of the galaxy to the other. Like, people are going to be like in kind of cryo sleep to kind of like then form a new kind of colony on a planet i think it's something along those lines i think that's basically what she said in in less well, of she what had, she, she did but she, that was the scene with leighton where she was basically pleading for her life right and but she could have been telling the truth yeah but in the same sense she said and she specifically said there's 400 these 400 people who were selected because of their skills because of their sets because of you know because of that these people were specifically selected you know to go into the drawers that's her perception because they are the ones who we need to survive to restart the world once the the snow starts to melt but, yeah. but she's already proved that that isn't the case because they put in whatever you call him criminals as well like the people they put that, in yeah. the big guy pike and the other one from episode one which was literally it's a punishment we're putting you in there it's almost like prison well i'm glad you mentioned uh, the strong boy and pike because uh, in this episode at the very end we find out that they've been they're being released and the actual strong boy can actually talk i think he's mandarin he talks but yeah. he's a mute so don't know what's going on there really but pike's the uh do you think he'll turn out to be the kind of turncoat, um, or do you think he'll kind of come good in the end? Because old Steve Yogg's not not been known to be playing a kind of hero character many times. No, I have a feeling that no, I think he is the bad guy. I think we 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 haven't had a bad guy from the tale, so everybody from the tale is a tailie. All go the tale, one tap or one what eventually becomes one train. Uh, all of the, the characters are good guys, really. They've been portrayed as them. We haven't seen any snip. You, uh, to an extent, Zara. Or I, yeah, I, I was going to say back. Zara. I was... take that back. Zara But was... she was kind of forced. Her hand was forced, really, her wasn't it? Her hand was forced, yeah. So, but in regards to just complete bad guy... I, I just wants cake, man. He just wants cake. Yeah, he wants his cake yeah. and he wants to eat it. Yeah. And he'll turn up, he'll give over anyone just to get his cake. And I kind one of like that piece, about it. But... One more, just give me one more piece of that pie. And, a uh, delicious chocolate pie. Yeah, uh, and, uh, <laughs> I'll give you everything you want, man. So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Pike's a bad guy. Um, yeah, I think, I think he's a turncoat. Well, his, yeah. his kind of last words, and I think the last words of the actual episode are like, you know, keep on at him. He'll crumble. He's, uh, you know, Leighton's a good, well, attention guy. He's a good, he's a good cop, but you know, he can't, he won't be able to kind of put up with all the kind of losses he's having. So, keep digging at him, and he'll crumble. And then we see Leighton's uh, turn around to the camera, and once again, another kind of um, straight in your face type of uh, sort of visual aid there, and it cuts to black. So. Yeah, I guess we'll see how it's gonna how it's yeah. gonna all how the cards are gonna go down. 
Yeah, do you know what I really love, have loved about this series, and it really, really came to a head in this episode? Um, the way, as an audience, as a viewer, they are challenging us about how we feel about certain characters, massively so. I think the Melanie has been a really... Re really good example of this where it's almost like we've seen this pathological liar right throughout mm. the series we've seen just how far she will go to keep her train running and to keep order on her train yeah and that that includes re some really dark shit like torture and murder um so she will go out there and she you know do these things that make you really dislike the character. But we're at a stage after this episode where you're almost like, shit, like, let's go on the assumption, well, no matter what happens, I'm de I definitely believe the fact that Melanie designed the train. I don't think any of that stuff is lies. I think Melanie designed the train. She's proved, you know, in the the, the episode, oh, she's, she's proved time and time again that... that she is that she is in charge of that train from a technical aspect as well as like the hospitality side. But she is the expert engineer on yeah. that train, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Wilford isn't in that regard, isn't there? So, but. We, they've almost portrayed this character so, so she, we, we really shouldn't like her we really shouldn't despise her but now that it looks like they're going to execute her mm. as a, a, me as a viewer I'm kind of sat here going you can't execute her because if you execute her you're all dead well, you need her you need yeah. her do you think she'll be she I think is, and, have and, saving grace. And in the same sense, it questions, and this is like the whole moral point of you're like, has she been right all along? Does it need to be like this? You know, does do you need this class system in order for everything to run smoothly? Do you need it? And it's kind of it's it's deep moral stuff and I find it in, I find it fascinating. As no, like, definitely, I, I agree. Should, I mean, we should, we should hate Melanie. We should really hate Melanie. But if we're looking at like for the safety, yeah. the safety of everybody in this train right now, you're going, guys, you are making a big mistake if you're going to kill Melanie. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like, I think you know the only thing keeping uh, the train in any kind of working order, apart from the elbow grease from like the third and the tailies and whatnot, is belief, um, and that essentially is. The belief in Mr. Wolford has been the kind of glue that stuck everyone together. And now we know that that's not that glue is coming apart rapidly. So will she be executed? Do you think that will be the kind of a shock value tactic? I bloody hope like not. A, a deus ex machina at the end and, you know, I... she'll be let out at the end or something will occur and she'll team up with Leighton. OK, I'm going to go on this assumption, right? I'm going to go on my kind of hopeful assumption. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to write down your assumption now, right? And then we can pick this up in the next episode. So what's your assumption for Melanie? Do you so, think she's going to get killed? Well, well this is just... A, my assumption for Melanie is no, she won't be killed. Okay. My And this is my positive, I'm being hopeful assumption just in regards to my views on the show. There is a Wilford and he's in a draw. Yeah. Right? And I'm going to go on the assumption that whatever happens, that the revolution will be quelled, it will be stopped um, in its tracks, there will be a revelation that Wilford is alive, 
And I think what you said, it might have been last week or the week before, was is possibly going to be correct, where almost like Melanie will be sent to the tail, but she okay. will only be called upon when required because she is a criminal. She might even, you know, be put in, in, in the drawers. I don't, I don't know, but I'm kind of going on this assumption that Wilford, at the end of the series, Sean Bean is there, Wilford is there, Root and Melanie ends up basically being put in the tail. She's basically, she's, and season two is almost like the, that hard, rock in a hard place where Wilford is probably going to start losing. But anyway, let's not go too deep. But I think Melanie might end up in the tail. And it's almost like that's going to be our story of season two is how does this work now that Wilford is back and that uh, and it was what she said about him true, those fears and that's but I can see Melanie not being killed, but I can see the revolution being stopped, maybe some agreement where maybe the tail and third live together. But I can see Melanie being pushed down the system or maybe in prison or being sent to the tail. And that concept of we only use Melanie when we need her. And yeah. then again, yeah. So in answer to your question, I could see in season two, Melanie and Leighton being on the same side. Yes. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you for most of those things, but just to make it interesting, I'm going to make some notes here now, which I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw just a couple of things. So I'm going to say that Melanie's going to die. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I think there's I think that's the expectation and the subversion of the expectation of the audience is that we think that she's going to live. But it turns out, no, um, I know I'm going to be wrong. I know she will. I, I get the impression I'm with you on that. But I'm just I just want to kind of throw it out there. I think uh, you're right. The revolution will be stopped. But I think it will become a kind of tyranny. Uh, I think the Folger family are going to gain power. So I'm going to put down Folger family in power. Okay. Um, so you and, don't? Do you see Wilford coming? Do you think Wilford? We don't see Wilford. No, no. Sean Bean. Um, I, I once again, I, I agree with you that I think that's going to happen. But just for argument's sake, I'm going to put down no. And I know he's already on IMDb as like whatever as Mr. Wilford. But I think if the second series, I don't know. It could be flashbacks. It could be. I don't know. But I'm, I'm just going to argument's sake. I'm going to say no. Okay, no, cool. here's a quick question for you, and this is more a kind of knowledge thing. Are you aware of TV shows putting up fake IMDb <laughs> yeah. cards? Just, no, but I, I mean, yeah. I, I genuinely mean that. Like, right now, if you look at IMDb, Jennifer Connolly is down for 20 episodes of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Which tells me she's in season two. But my question is, is do they ever, production company, are you aware of them putting fake new or fake information or false information on stuff like imdb oh yeah i mean i've been aware of like false information i wouldn't say fake as such more false because of the fact that like you know an actor may sign up for something that just doesn't happen or for whatever reason uh, the development goes in for so long that they then get off it or whatnot sort of thing other things because i I think stephen og for example so he's pike and i think he's down for like um, eight episodes or something like that so far he's only been in like two yeah, and just to let you know, so I'm just going to get it up because I've got my um, my browser open. But I'm pretty sure Sean Bean as a character is in it for 13 episodes. Mm. Um, and he's technically only been in one. 
So unless they have the, the second script already greenlit and that's already been like, you know, uh, put through the kind of approval and everything. And these actors have all signed up for like the next series, which would be in, in some kind of ways realistic, but also at the same time disappointing because then we know, for example, unless they use they're using like flashbacks or kind of voiceovers or something like that, then the actual right. actors will be in the second series, which diminishes any kind of hope that that person will hope for that they wouldn't die. Yeah, sorry. Right. So just because this, and again, if anybody's listening and they are aware of kind of IMDb not being completely 100% accurate in regards to the number of episodes and stuff, drop us a tweet or something just so that we can stop worrying about it. As an example, <laughs> Jennifer Connolly, 20 episodes. Davy Diggs, 20 episodes. Mickey Summer, who plays Beth Till, 20 episodes. Alison Wright, who plays Ruth, 20 episodes. Where's Bean? Because Bean's the important one. Sean Bean, Mr. Wilford, 11 episodes. Does that, to me, that says that's all of season two and the last episode of season one? Could be. 11 Could episodes. Be. I guess I guess we'll, we don't have long to find out if they're doing the two episodes as a kind of extended one uh, this Sunday. Um, so I think what we'll do then is we'll wrap it up because we could talk on for hours, Brendan. We could literally sit here talking until until the sun comes up. Um, but we can't because that would be too long. Um, so we will we'll pick this up, I think, next Monday. Um, and we'll have our we'll, I've got this written down now. So I've got our, our kind of predictions and we shall see what will happen on the next episode of Snowpiercer. Um, you can catch us on Inside Your Screen on Twitter, on Instagram, um, and we're on SoundCloud, and we're on... Uh, what other things are we on, Brendan? I always forget this. I'm going to need to write it down. We're on YouTube, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Uh, so all your main podcast sites, uh, we put up all our bite-sized podcasts on YouTube and Tony adds like a really cool kind of video to it as well. Uh, check out the YouTube as well because Tony does loads of gaming stuff on there. So he's got game reviews. Um, he's got movie reviews on there for certain individual movie reviews he's done himself. Um, and there's there's loads of other stuff. We've done some, uh, myself and Tony had a Command and Conquer battle on there. That's on there. Uh, the, the latest kind of Naughty Dog game, The Last of Us 2. Check it out, Tony's got some footage from the first, I think, is it is it the first three hours of gameplay? It's play the first three hours. I was going to do a review on it, but there's no point now, really. Uh, anyone who knows, who wants to know about it, knows about it. Well, um, tune in next week, because Tony's going to have a full review of the game. <laughs> as you can tell, because you can see how enthusiastic about it. So enthusiastic. Yeah. He's got a Last of Us 2 review. So, yeah, <laughs> your, your main kind of podcast site, YouTube. Um, and, yeah, um, ch check out all, all the stuff. Twitter with Inside Your Screen with UR for your Inside Your Screen. We're on Instagram. It's the same. And, yeah, get in contact with us. Let us know what you think about the pod. Uh, let us know what you thought about the latest episode of Snowpiercer. We want feedback. We want debate. We want people to disagree with our theories. So please do. We try to interact with everybody who interacts with us. So, yeah, get in contact. Thanks, and good night. Come on, you Come on, you Inside your screen.